Welcome to Friendo Podcast, hosted by me, Amanda Muse. As a YouTuber, I've shared my life online for the last eight years, and now I'm excited to learn about you. Friendo celebrates people and their stories, from interesting jobs to unique passions and curious life skills that the world should hear about. Community is everything. Let's do this. I'm actually going to be starting out today's episode a little differently. Normally, I would read you something I wrote. However, I just found that the email that my guest today that I'll be interviewing, that she wrote to me about what we're going to be discussing just really sends the message home about what we're going to be talking about and why this is important. Now, my guest today is Tara Smith, a health coach, yoga instructor, new mom and managing partner at Cornerstone Health and Fitness, LLC. She holds a BS and an MA in psychology and draws from her education in food science and human nutrition to support people in setting sustainable health goals and plans. So before we get into that conversation, let me just share what she wrote. She began to tell me how right now she is most submerged in how COVID is exasperating health concerns. You know, we don't really have data and research on the best ways to manage mental and physical health in our current age during a pandemic, so it's new territory for everyone. So what she finds herself speaking most to people about is how to stay motivated and patient with health goals right now. We all want instant relief, but the strategies that are sustainable take time. Changing routines and behaviors always take cognitive energy, and during COVID, we are saturated in decision fatigue, in part because our routines are all over the place, and those reflexive behaviors that led to balance in our lives are all discombobulated. Then, trying to do this when many of us are working through some level of active or ongoing trauma adds a heavy overlay to navigate. So in a time when we are just trying to survive, we are being inundated with the idea that we finally have time to focus on our health, so we should be better at meeting our goals. But the reality is, is that most of us are all out of balance. We're uncentered and we don't have a roadmap right now. Many of us know what we need to do, but are having problems with motivation, execution, or finding reinforcement in this challenging time. But many of us have no idea where to start to feel better or no energy to even entertain taking on anything else. So she finds herself speaking with people about the fundamentals of creating and executing sustainable plans for them in their lives, not where they should be or what they should be doing, but small sustainable steps to improve how they are feeling and managing with their actual barriers in their current life and environment, which can be complicated when we were all kind of slipping in and out of denial about how to cope right now. This is huge. When I read this, I just kind of had to sit with it for a moment because isn't it true for everyone? Like, even if you haven't lost your job, you are impacted. Even if you haven't personally been impacted by COVID, the world has changed. So much has changed. And just that in itself is so incredibly overwhelming. But, you know, we're still human beings with feelings and emotions, and we are the center of our own universes most of the time. And, you know, how do we make those small changes so that we can feel good? We can feel good feelings in the day, despite 
all of the chaos happening around us. I'm so excited to share this conversation with you today. Now, at the end of the episode, Dean and I will be closing it out with a bit of a reality check on life at the moment. You know, we talk about how talk therapy has helped or maybe not helped and what it's been like in our house with the, you know, the addition of a Peloton, because honestly, it's kind of changed our lives, not to be dramatic or anything, but like for real, in the last seven weeks, there have been some changes and we need to talk about it. So there's going to be some timestamps below if you're curious about any parts of this conversation. I also just want to leave a bit of a blanket statement about audio during this pandemic and a podcast because I wish I could have all of my amazing guests in studio or I wish I could send them microphones to make the audio seamless without hiccups. But for now, we're working with people's home setups. So the audio varies from guest to guest. And I appreciate your patience with the sound quality. And I hope you stick it through for the incredible hopeful message from my guest today and all future guests. So without further ado, let's get into this episode. Welcome to the podcast, Tara. Thank you for having me. We've been trying to make this work and you'll learn more about why Tara is just a real busy lady. Um, But today I'm excited to talk about this topic. I think it's so important, especially right now. We're going through all these different waves of lockdown. I mean, where I am, it's been never ending, but the world is starting to open back up. And I think that there's just... There's a lot of things that people are considering right now with their mental and physical health today, right now, how you're working with people. Um, You know, how has it been for, I suppose, the work that you're doing? Like, how are people managing their physical and their mental health during this pandemic from what you've been exposed to? So it probably kind of helps to know like where my orientation comes from in terms of kind of how I work with folks, because it kind of explains a lot about why I have kind of come to working with people the way that I do. And um, so I started out with having a lot of my own health conditions that I didn't really understand at the time. There already are, we, we know now so much more than we used to about kind of gut health and all these things that at the time sounded really out there. And so I had some arthritis issues when I was a child and was given a bunch of medication that had an impact on my stomach that gastroenterologists had no idea what was happening. Now they would know right away what was going on. It's very clear that there's an impact between, you know, um, anti-inflammatories and gut health and, you know, all these other things that we know scientifically and we can, we can track and there's biometric markers for things at the time there wasn't. So I was just really ill and I still wanted to do a lot. I was, I came from a family of athletes and I really wanted to do all the things I enjoyed. And one of the things I really wanted more than anything was that, when I was a kid, I started a babysitting business and, and babysat all over for moms when, from the time I was 10 and went to classes at the hospital, learn how to take care of babies. And it was kind of my passion and all that money that I saved, nothing seemed worth spending it on. So it, like I would, I wanted a trampoline at first and I was, I was like, it's not worth it. I went way too hard to get a trampoline. And finally, what I ended up spending it on was going on a trip abroad. And I wanted to go so badly and my health was so poor. So I went to see a gastroenterologist and we really worked on food elimination diets and just all of the elements that I had control over, improving sleep, improving quality of food, um, exercise, all the things to kind of get my body back in balance from having been ill for so long. So regardless of the cause, 
steps were still the same and we took action and I felt well enough to go. And that was really the changing point for me was that rather than getting bogged down in diagnosis and all these other things that, you know, we can go so many different directions with it's what do we know that works for most people when they're feeling off. And that really kind of directed me into the work that I went into down the road, first into nutrition and then into psychology when it wasn't, when nutrition didn't seem to be the whole picture. And so that's really kind of the orientation that I take with the folks that I work with is, you know, coming from a place of ill health, coming from a place of rehab, how do we take those small actionable steps to kind of work our way out and how do we create reinforcement to do that? Um, and that really is kind of the foundation of, of whether I'm working in as a trauma counselor, like I did before, or whether I'm working in healthcare, like I am now, that's always that the piece is actionable steps, behavioral models for change with an understanding of all of these like social, like social, cultural, like dynamics that play into all those things. And at the end of the day, the element of understanding all that is really helpful, but the most pivotal piece of working with human beings is accurate empathy. And that means asking questions, like learning what's important to people, what helps them grow, you know, what their goals are. They, they may come in and say, my goal is this, like to be the way I was in high school, but their real goal is to be happy again or to feel like they have energy. And so we ask questions. We ask, are you okay with this being your goal? If this is the step you take, here's the, the you know, outcome that's most likely. Is that what you want? Or do you want to kind of go down this path? So it's a very um, back and forth, let's talk about what you want are you really getting what you want with your goal? And it's a collaborative effort. And I think that's what makes all the difference is that you can't tell people, hey, do this prescribed model because it's going to work for everybody when everybody's situation is different and everybody's in a different part of their path. And that's really helped me to be present in the moment with people and help to understand really what's going on for them. And that's really kind of what, what you know we're in it for is that element of connection to other humans. And that's where the growth happens. You know, we grow in relation. We grow through talking about things. We grow through bouncing ideas off other people. And that's really that element of counseling, I think, that is so helpful, whether it's coaching, counseling, anything else, is that dynamic of being in relation to somebody um, and being heard. And everything else kind of falls out of that. Absolutely. I feel that so is so powerful, that relationship. I talk about talk therapy. I've been doing it forever. And, you know, to feel validated is so important as a, as a human being. And, you know, going through something like, like this pandemic has really forced a lot of people to ask themselves those questions that you just brought up. You know, what do you need? What do you want? Which can be such a difficult question to figure out an answer to when our lives perhaps have been so full and so busy that we've never really had to stop and think about it. So, you know, intensely as we've been forced to look at our lives right now with a big mirror and it hasn't all been pretty, right? Um, I know for myself, my audience has known like this last year has been such a time. It feels like it goes in segments and it's like, oh, some days I was really kicking butt and working out and sleeping well and reading books. And then other times I was like, where's the chocolate? I'm watching Netflix, <laughs> which it's all about a balance, but like, you know, when you know yourself and you've gotten a little too low and it's, and it's like, okay, 
something's not working, you know, and how do I get myself from this awful feeling in this place to where I was before feeling better, leading a healthier lifestyle, whatever that looks like for me. Um, it's been really tricky. I find to, you know, get through those times, even as a person who I I consider myself very self-aware action items, I'm like, let's do this, you know, but if I, even for me, who's like super type A, I suppose, in that way to get stuff done. I can imagine for someone who maybe hasn't really had to look at their life that closely, that this would be even, even more trying time. Um, and I find the conversations around how our mental health has been impacted, like they're, they're, they're happening, but I feel it hasn't been as strong of a focus on how much this is impacting people outside of the effects of COVID. Like that is separate, but you know, how is this impacting people in their regular day to day, just trying to function and do regular things? Um, I'm not even sure what my next question is. I'm just like, yes, I'm with you. I love the work that you're doing. It's just what, um, the, the work that you do seems to be very satisfying, like to help people achieve goals like that and work towards a healthier, happier lifestyle. It is. And it's also really like we were talking a little bit before about differences between America and Canada. And it really highlights that need in in that capacity. I'm not working as a psychiatrist. And sometimes folks are pushed beyond the point where they normally have been. And at a certain point, like neurobiology plays a role and neurotransmitters play a role and our life impacts our neurotransmitters. And so talking to somebody, it's, it's not people who who may have had an aversion before to talking to a psychiatrist, um, are able to now talking at information and kind of see it more as information and kind of looking at the different, you know, people that function as health professionals in our world and what they really do. And so that's another kind of part of what I do is saying, hey, for for us, we're working on behavior change, behavioral steps, but you also may benefit from talk therapy. That's a really important thing to talk through, to work through, to make cognitive sense of. And then we're coming back in in our work together to talk about actionable steps. And it's not that that part of it's not relevant or helpful at all. It's that it's not what we're working on right now. And it's helpful to have both elements. And I think that that's a really pivotal piece for people as they're trying to, they're, they're first starting with, I don't feel right. My, I feel off and I don't know what to do about it. I don't know if it's physical. I don't know if it's mental. And I don't know what access, like resources to access to feel better. And then at the same time, you go, then you finally like, okay, I'm going to access resources. I'm taking charge of my mental health. And then it takes forever, at least, at least here to get any kind of services. And in the meantime, you're, you're thinking, I'm just holding on to that appointment and then it's like a month away. And what do I do in the meantime? And there, it's it's like people are just kind of unmoored and feeling like I don't know where to get information. I don't know how to feel better. And I don't know what to do. And so that's really, even though they're coming like for, for health questions, oftentimes that's kind of the, the way that they kind of come into things is um, that they're they're kind of referred by their doctor, that, that all that stuff is what's impacting their mental health. Homelessness because of COVID is impacting people's A1C. When we start talking about things and the doctor says, get your A1C down, eat healthy. And they say, I've been eating healthy. My stress is off the charts because I've been homeless. And then you say, okay, that stress definitively impacts our A1C and our, and our, um, our insulin response. And we'll talk about managing your stress. So I think that that's really where the ability, um, I was listening to one of your other podcasts about pivoting is so important that we're able to really see where the person's like 
challenges than rather than saying, okay, we're, we're just going to focus on nutrition today. And we're not going to talk about any these, these other factors that like letting folks lead me where they think is important. And that usually gets us to a better outcome than me trying to kind of continue to pull them back towards something that they are not wanting to talk about. And I think that that element really helps to affect change over time because that's really the only way that you get there. You have to kind of, you know, go through it in order to get through it. You can't just kind of like, I don't know, talk about it or um, analyze it or things like that. Sometimes you just have to get into it and it gets messy and, and you need to be supported in doing that. And I think that's really the element across the board that service providers are trying to kind of, you know, be there for folks to be like, what do you need? How do we get you to a place where you're feeling better and feeling more competent to be able to take those action steps yourself? It's a different time for, for mental health workers and for, um, for healthcare providers right now. So correct me if I'm wrong. So it seems like the work that you're doing kind of fall, it's like a combination of like mental health stuff mixed in with regular health, you know, it's like, this is obviously a layman's person over here being like, oh, I'm trying to figure this out. But like, is that kind of, it's like this meeting in the middle of two, um, where you yeah, would go to so- your doctor feeling a certain way and they say, okay, you can do a couple of things, but we think maybe you should get this one item. Like you were saying this insulin type of thing figured out. So then you would be referred to someone like yourself. So just because I'm curious here in that scenario where the person is super stressed out because of something like homelessness, what are the action items there? Like what would be something that you would do with that person? Great question. And I think this is kind of the, the fundamental piece that's the most helpful uh, is that we have to kind of get ourselves back to center before we can start taking any actionable steps and expect to execute them. And really that comes back to that element of, of being mindful and being present, which is so hard to do when you're in a state of stress. And that's really what we spend a lot of time working on is looking at, what is realistic for a person in that state of like nervous system arousal to be able to sit with. And so really the go-to folks say meditation, and that's where all of the research shows is so beneficial and that it is, and it's wonderful, but we have to look at where we are in that spectrum and kind of how we're engaging with it. And so that's what we spend a lot of time talking about is, is moving meditation better for you Uh, is doing yoga and being present in your body, not so much with the asana part of things and the, 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 the body movement, making your, your body look a certain way, but really being present with where your edge is and being present in your body and spending a certain amount of time on that a day to get yourself back in your body. And that kind of being going back to the orientation piece, if we continue whenever we're like unmoored to continue to come back to being present in the here and now and present in our body, it resets things enough that we're able to take that next step from a place of being kind of connected to ourselves. And I think that's the piece that, that is missing. Um, and how I kind of, that's part of, of what we work with. Um, and that's part of like what we know in terms of health outcomes is the most helpful They're, They know so much more now with neural imaging and things and fMRIs about what areas of our brain light up when we're doing meditation and how like meditation impacts behaviors over time. But my job is to figure out how to talk to folks about how that works in their life. So really that's, that's the challenge is working with folks that are like, it feels uncomfortable. And we're so really talking a lot about feelings. I, I feel uncomfortable and I need relief and you want me to sit in my discomfort. And so that's kind of what we talk about is how does that feel comfortable for you? Can you go on a, be mindful on your walk? Can you be present with the, the things that are around you? Can you be grateful for feeling sun on your skin? It doesn't have to be that you're grateful that you're homeless or that you're like, don't have any resources like that. That's really 
condescending and dismissive to say, do a, do a gratitude meditation when everything's going wrong. But we say, you know, what can we be grateful for? And what does feel good to our body? And start with that. And the rest starts to kind of evolve out of it. And I think that's kind of when we're digging ourselves out of a hole, which so many people now find themselves in, which we never have before. We have really good strategies when the world's not in chaos for keeping ourselves on kind of an equilibrium within a certain range. And now we're all kind of just, you know, just all kind of floating around. And it's kind of how to find that grounding and then how to work kind of incrementally out of that is really, no matter who I'm talking to, really what it comes down to. One thing that you're mentioning, it seems like this, you know, how can you create an action item or a plan for someone that's very sustainable for their life? And when we were talking about this conversation, you know, you were mentioning like, talking about and working on sustainable plans for people to lead healthier lives. Can you talk to me a little bit more about that? Yeah, I think it really comes down to, again, what their goal is. And that's really what we focus on initially is, and to kind of like, there's, there's kind of two things that I'm doing. I I work in healthcare, but we also have like a company where I've been able to, to look at the things that were kind of missing from healthcare and kind of try to make those more accessible within our own company I think that's really helped because sometimes when you're a healthcare provider and and you get so frustrated and bogged down by the lack of, as we all know, there's, there's gaps and being able to provide for those gaps in our own business really helps me to have more balance. And so that, that element of creating actionable steps really kind of comes down to, again, what your, whether it's the doctors referring them in, in my day job, or somebody's coming to me and saying, I want to lose weight or I want to get in shape or I, I, I mean, people come to us all the time and say, I need to overhaul my health. I'm drinking too much. I'm smoking too much. I like, it was fine until it wasn't. And so that's really, we're working with folks from every element of life and they're coming because, because of word of mouth. And I think that that really plays a big role in kind of how we goal set because that allows us to not just say my goal is XYZ. I want to be this many pounds by this time frame. And I think that's where a lot of the the things like that work really well, like Noom, for example, when you're goal setting, you're doing it with a computer, all the elements are built in, all, all of the behavioral pieces, all of the understanding cognitively, it's all there. But the parts that, that's missing is a person in real time. And they, they, you know, as a counselor, they say that all the time, the most important piece is the relationship. And that's really, I think, fundamental to, to its goal setting is trusting the person that they have your best interest at heart, giving, like giving them the information and allowing them to give you feedback about what they're seeing. And that's really kind of what we start with is transparency. They say, I want to be the same way I was in high school. And I say, was that something you've ever been in your day-to-day life? Is that like something you've been as an adult? And they say, well, no. And I say, were you kind of wiry back then? And they're like, yeah, you want to be more muscular than that? Well, yeah, I really don't want to be that, that skinny. And so we kind of talk through like what's sustainable and we get to a point where it's like, okay, so this is a weight that's sustainable for my body with my heritage, with my lean muscle mass. And this is a realistic goal. So that, that there's a lot of talking about what a realistic goal is. We don't cater to, I want to be an underweight weight and we're going to help you get there through unhealthy means. And that's that's not really what other folks are doing right now. And so it's been it's been interesting, but because it's a passion project, we just stick to it and it's been working. And I think that there's a real need for that. And so we keep doing that. We keep saying, you know, what is what is your goal and what is it really? Let's dig deeper. And that's really 
I mean, I know that's kind of going off topic, but goal setting, it's really important to know when somebody just says, I want this, it's like, but underneath that, what are you really looking for? And a lot of the time it's like, well, I felt more at ease when I felt more comfortable in my body or I, you know, there's so many different things that people are really looking for when they say that they have a goal weight. Mm-hmm. And so that's an interesting thing to navigate. And if you just say, I have a, like, and I talk to people about this all the time, that the motivation for a year out goal, especially when folks are, are very overweight because they have so many different health issues, there's not anywhere near enough reinforcement for all the things you have to do to lose a pound a week. It's not, it's not a tenable situation. And so it, it can't really be sustainable if it's just based on, I want to lose weight and I want to get to this goal and that's all. Mm. You have to know why you want it. Like, why do I move? I'm mm-hmm. move because I'm just going to be better. Why do I put healthy things in my body? You know, it, you have to have those intermediate reinforcements or it's too far away and it's not sustainable. And so that I know goes a lot kind of off track for, for goal setting, but it's all a part of it. We have to have a realistic goal if we're going to be able to create a vision for what that goal looks like and the action steps to get there. But tell me a little bit more about Cornerstone Health and Fitness, because I know that I've shared with my audience last year, a little bit in the summer mm-hmm. um, about some of the services that you're offering, but tell us a little bit more about it. I came, so I was working in the, in the field that I'm in now. And it's kind of, again, a departure. I think everything, I have a hard time staying on track. I'm very passionate about this, but it it all kind of ties in. But like, I've lived this, you know, I've lived being, having the access to being, you know, healthy and having all of my time be mine and all of my energy be mine to having none of it be mine. And how do you continue to be, to live, like live what you're preaching in all those contexts and what's realistic. And so I um, was, trying to still be a health coach and four days a week, full time traveling to Canada to Vancouver to take care of my father who was passing from cancer and trying to keep running for my stress relief and and do all of the things that, you know, I just need to keep doing the next right thing. And I had a lot of information, which was wonderful. And a lot of counselors as friends, and I had a really great support network, but I wasn't in my body. And so I didn't, just the idea of going to counseling, even though I knew I should, well, like, again, that's important. Anytime you say should, it's probably a sign that something's not quite right with like your planning, but that didn't feel like what I needed. I, I didn't need to go talk more about what was happening. I needed to be in my body and have time just for me, which I didn't have any of. And so one of my friends, one of the goals I was working on with my own health coach, because any you know coach has another coach or any counselor has a counselor of their own, was trying to get into weight-bearing activity. That it's it's so helpful to, to be just, we know so independently of cardiovascular activity. And I'd make a plan. I'd make a solid plan. I do all the things I was supposed to do. And it just kept not happening. And I felt like I was making excuses. Like my clients always feel like when they first come in, like, oh, I didn't do X, Y, Z. And finally I was like, I've seen help. I can't do this all on my own. And I, I need to make it a time that works for me. And so one of my friends said, I have a, a personal trainer who's really compassionate and understanding. I think it'd be a really good fit. Um, just, just go, just go for one session. And I just lifted weights and I just word vomited about what was happening. And at the end of it, I felt so strong. I'd been lifting weights the whole time. And I was like, I got this, you know, I am a strong person. I feel more confident in my body. I feel more connected. I just need to keep like, keep being strong and doing the right things to keep myself strong. And I can handle this. 
And I never really used workouts for that element before, but I realized in that, like that, that was really what I needed. And that's not what everybody needs. It, it really kind of depends on what, what's going on for you. But for me, that was so helpful. And just to have like accurate empathy for somebody to tell me that I was strong and to reflect that back to me was really what I needed in the moment. And for, I realized that that was kind of the, like the other missing piece to my balance where I'm kind of like mother energy and passionate and kind and, oh, it's, it's, you know, like really um, inviting. You also need that element of, of somebody being like, you've got to do what you've got to do right now. And so it's a balance. And so you get too far on one side of it and it's not helpful and you get too far on the other side and it's enabling. And so I, I was like, okay, this is the person that I want to work with because they're the balance. And so that's kind of how it, it all kind of came to be was that I, I kind of found the trainer to go with the mental health counseling side of things. And we started working together on growing the business. And so that was kind of the start of the story. And fast forward, I don't know, six years later, um, my, my father had passed and um, I was kind of getting re like acclimated to my life again. And it just was the right timing. And um, we ended up going on a date. And now that's my husband. And now we have a business together and um, but it all happened very organically over time. So it's, it's kind of interesting. To look at that. So it's, it just kind of happened very organically. Well, and I have to say a little side story. See, I know her husband from a long <laughs> time ago. Um, he was the really cute lifeguard at our pool. <laughs> good old Steve and so sweet. And you got to love the internet. So every now and then, you know, you're like, Oh, what's this person up to on Facebook? Where are they living now? And we reconnected sometime last year. He was doing cool things on Instagram. And I was like, Hey, what is this? This is great. You know, you have your whole own gym. And then I, you know, we got to talking and um, I was able to actually try out one of your programs and it was very enjoyable. And it's, you know, it's really interesting. I was thinking about the program that I had tried we didn't get a chance to talk at that time. I can't remember why. I think it was just a weird year. It's 2020. My husband wasn't working. I was like a machine <laughs> mode. Um, I had a baby. <laughs> yeah. you, had just, you had just had your baby. That's right. And I was like, Steve, yeah. no. I'm like, she needs to be a mom for a little bit. We'll talk later. Um, but what I found so interesting about fitness and when you look at what you need and versus what you think you should be doing. So, you know, you were sharing your story a little bit about being really cardio focused and then wait, I should be lifting weights. And how do I start doing that one thing? You know, in this last 14 months, I went from being really into weightlifting and like loving that working out for two hours, like just my brain needed to not be thinking about work and not be thinking about parenting and not be thinking about that. I'm a sole income person now. And like all the things that I'm thinking about, and I was going so hard in one direction and then life kind of switched and the season changed. And all of a sudden I was like, that's not working and how easy it is to fall off of the routine of putting on your workout clothes and doing the thing that you enjoy doing. And now here I am on, on a, in a different phase of fitness. And it's now I'm like, no, we're doing these like combination hit kind of weight workouts. A lot of what we had done, um, for your program and just try to get to 30 minutes, Amanda, that's it. You know? So it's amazing how important it is to just kind of check in with yourself. Like if you're not feeling it and it's not doing what it should be doing, you can rework it. You can look at your fitness and, and look at those action steps that you're going to take in a different way. It doesn't have to be a one size fits all. It's not just running. It's not just weightlifting. Like 
you kind of have to constantly check in with yourself to figure out what's going to work for you right now in the season that you're in, which is an interesting exercise when you see it in yourself. Cause it seems so easy when you look at someone else, Oh, just do this one thing and you'll love it. Or you'll, you know, it'll work for you. And, and when something stops working for you, how quickly it is to kind of derail a little bit. Um, I'm part of the Facebook group. I'm pretty sure, um, you know, the work that you're doing on Facebook with people and they're so excited about the work, you know, the workouts that they're doing. And it's, it's very exciting when you have a plan and you have a goal and then you have a team of people rooting you, uh, you know, rooting for you and hyping you up and, um, helping you when you stumble, because it's natural, things are going to happen. Life ebbs and flows. And if you have a team there who can support you through these things and, you know, help write you a little bit when the, when, when you get a little unmoored, it's, it's, that is what's going to help you so much in whatever you're going through. And that's really the messaging that I'm hearing from you is like, you know, whatever it is, whatever your goals are, whatever walk of life you come from at the base of it, if you can have a strong foundation, if you can really care for yourself and, and attend to your needs, I mean, you're just at a much better starting point, right. To be able to like, Carry Definitely. on. I do better than anybody would know about how much internet has, has affected people in terms of like, like even without wanting to, people are being inundated so much information that's potentially like not the, the best in terms of like um, self-esteem and self-care and all these things. It's you're getting a lot of messages that, that feel really uncomfortable. And so, I mean, it just kind of breaks my heart when, when younger folks will say, okay, I know, so I'm supposed to be healthy, but how do I have, you know, positive self-esteem until I get there? And so that's when I, I really kind of talk about, you need to surround yourself with people that are doing what you're doing, where you're being transparent and that there's a whole world of women out there who are like telling it like it is. And that's so important when the other half is like, you're getting just inundated with body positivity and on the other side, but yeah, but you still really want to be this underweight ideal. It's very conflicting for women. And so to be able to say, surround yourself with these messages, you, you grow through the people that you're connected with and your environment you expose yourself to. So delete the things that aren't serving you, add the things that are like, follow like people, follow people who are, are telling it like it is that you feel an emotional connection with, because it really does change I mean, it sounds like, you know, dramatic, but it changes the world. If women are too focused on all these things that make them feel less than they're not able to meet their full. To add to what you were saying, you know, as a mom of a nine-year-old girl, I see it firsthand. The it's like, I see both the negative impact, but also the positive side of what you're just expressing, like following people who are sharing that good, you know, wholesome messaging where life is good and bad. We come in different shapes and sizes. I see her embracing her changing body so beautifully. I certainly did not do the same thing because I didn't have the same type of conversations that were being had like when I was a kid. Right. So it's, but then you also see the negative impact where you're sometimes following the very glossy life is perfect. Hair is perfect. Clothes are perfect all the time and how that can impact you. Um, and I mean, when you're in your thirties and it impacts, you can only imagine what it's doing to a little nine-year-old. So it's, it's finding that group, that, you know, place where you're going to feel safe and supported, I think is so important. So the work that you're doing with, you know, your partner with Steve for Cornerstone is just incredible. 
I very much appreciate talking to you today, getting a bit more insight into what you do. Um, where can people find you with Cornerstone if they wanted to work with you? Uh, the website is cornerstonehealthfitness.com. It's Jan Con other information. There's health coaching, there's personal training. Just remind, just reach out because we can usually find a plan that works for you to meet your needs. Amazing. And I know my for the listener, my internet's been a little bit wonky today, and I feel like part of that cut out, but you work um like you kind of build a plan together with each person. Is that what you're up to? Yeah, that's how we start. We figure out kind of what your goal is and we connect you with the elements that are going to help to get you there most efficiently, whether we offer them or not, we give you kind of the best kind of plan to kind of meet your needs is kind of the, the beginning of it. And sometimes it's, it's more training. Sometimes it's more life coaching focused. It just kind of depends on where folks are. And then we are um, very much wanting folks to, to take care of their medical health too. So that that's a really important element is that, you know, we, we will refer you to your doctor. We will refer you to the, the appropriate professional for, for some of the needs that, that you have so that you're getting that holistic care. So that's kind of one of the things I think that's different about our company is that it's not like we'll direct you to everything that we offer. <laughs> we're we're going to tell you where you need to go to get the help you need kind of thing. I so. love that very much. I think it's very on brand with who you are and what you do for work. And I love that. So I'm going to leave a bunch of links in the show notes for those listening and um, you can check them out. And are you also on Instagram before I wrap this up? Yeah. So um, Steve is Cornerstone Health, like Cornerstone underscore health underscore fitness. And um, I'm Cornerstone Yoga. Amazing. So I'm going to leave all the links below. Thank you so much, Tara. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, Dean. Hey, Amanda. How's it going? Is this a test? No, we're doing it for oh, real. Okay. Hey, guys. How's it going? How's it going? Mm. Nice to have you back in the studio because we just moved around the house, changed rooms. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Well, whatever you want to pretend. This is your office, but it can be a studio too. Yeah, it is. I like the studio. It sounds a little bit more profesh. Yeah. Uh, but let's talk about the last seven weeks because we've made a big change in our life. The workout room was officially done seven weeks ago. And I feel like we've just made some huge lifestyle changes, although it doesn't feel huge. It's just making time every day to work out. But the impact is huge for me anyway. Is it? I find. Jeez. Maybe we should have a private talk about that. I didn't realize you were going to come at me from that direction. Well, it's, you know, based on what Tara's talking about, like looking at your health in this holistic way, like if you want to, now I'm definitely simplifying, but if you want to be feeling better, then we need to change behaviors, right? Right. So I noticed, you know, and I've been talking about this on the vlog, on YouTube, but I've noticed my health I just feel, I haven't been feeling great. You know, we're doing the same thing day in, day out. Right. Um, I wasn't feeling motivated to work out. All yeah. the gyms are closed. It feels like they're going to be forever closed where we live in Ontario. Jeez, it's a terrible thing. It's brutal. And how do you, how do you prioritize your health and fitness if you don't really want to do anything regarding fitness in your own space, right? So we did a huge change. You made over a room. You're awesome. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. $5, please. 
and I mean, we were like, it, you weren't so keen on redoing what is this, that like room. The butter me up, friendo podcast. Like, holy man, guys! I think I'm going to get a gift. A gift at any second or another project. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, I'm sure it'll be another project. But you redid the room. I kind of splurged and got us a Peloton, which I can't stop talking about. Oh, it's ours. About. It's our Peloton now? Okay. Isn't it though? Yeah, whatever. It's pretty pretty ours, yeah. You weren't so keen on it. How are you feeling now about it? Well, it's a very good thing. Like, you know, you find those little exercises that you like or those uh, uh, routines that you like to do. And at first I was like, yeah, it's a bike with a TV on it. That's <laughs> really cool. But uh, it's great. It's it's fantastic. You know, even if you don't want to ride, you just get on there and you put in like a 15 minute or whatever if you want to just pedal away and off come the calories. And then now I'm doing 90 minutes um, and going almost every day. So I've lost a lot of weight. It's amazing. Yeah, feel better. So that's the part I wanted to. So that's like the thing. It's just like it doesn't. It doesn't have to be a Peloton. It can be anything that you enjoy. Mm -hmm. Like yesterday, we played. uh, We have Jack in touch football, so we bought a football, and (laughs) I'm in the backyard, kind of, because I'm not a football fan, or I I will watch football, but I haven't for years, and I haven't played it in many many years. I mean, we're not Kennedys, are we? So we don't really play. No. So anyway, we had fun. We ran around the backyard in the rain and and just had a ball. And you know what? Today I'm sore. No kidding. From doing that. So it's nice to, to change it up. But uh, uh, to answer your question, I like the Peloton. In fact, I love it. You do love it. Yeah. But how are you feeling? Because what maybe people don't know. In this know, very moment? Well, right now you're a little tired. It's a rainy a day. Tired. In this nice. moment, well, we're, we're going on like... As you know, because we live together and we're married. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, since I was laid off from my job, it's been, you know, ups and downs. And I had read about what I'm going to go through. Other people are going through it as well. The different stages. And, you know, right now it is like we're not even on the same planet. It's a totally different situation nothing's really opening that quickly although there is some hope but you know it's just feels like we're settling into a new life so i feel like you know um i've partaken in a little bit of counseling Mm -hmm. just to kind of help with uh, i was fine and then i was having trouble sleeping Mm -hmm. because you know you worry about the future you know you just it's just everybody does and i found that like my own experience, notwithstanding what Tara said uh, or is doing with counseling, I found that it was more beneficial to me to exercise and eat a balanced diet and to, you know, take those quiet times just to kind of, if I mean, meditate, but also just like have some quiet time, let the body settle down a little bit in the morning you know, just don't pick up my phone right away because there's not that much good news on, you know, the news lately. There's lots of things going on uh, that's pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
so exercise is that thing and there was one of or one of the thing that really you know i feel centers me i'm not doing it to become buff and you know all that type of thing because you know that's not the reason the reason is it's just become a habit that is almost you know in you, you can't really um it's become a habit of uh, a positive habit and it makes me feel good and it takes away all those dark little cobwebs that you know when you're an overthinker uh, uh which i tend to be sometimes mm-hmm. it takes away all those little dark places and makes you feel you know calm there's something that one of those instructors says when you're doing those rides is like flushes your legs like when you kind of slow down the resistance or whatever and I feel like that's what it that's what it's doing it's like flushing it's like a little reset to the system and lets me feel like I can tackle what's coming like my body is ready it's not as like buzzing with bad energy and it's wild you know when you know that that's what's going to help you feel better. Like for months, I was having such a hard time getting back on that, like just movement train. And I'm doing, you know, I do the talk therapy once a month. I try to get good sleep. But if you're not sort of filling all the buckets, there's going to be that imbalance and you're going to feel Well, what I was going to say, you just reminded me of what I was going to say. What I was going to say is that, you know, it's great to have therapy. Mm -hmm. It's, It's very, very good. But it depends on the situation, which was, I think, what the subject matter was of that podcast. You know, sometimes it doesn't fit uh, with the person's situation. And, you know, in my example, uh, you know, I lost... It never really occurred to me. I was just to feel strange about it. I was just like, well, I've been out of work before. That's that's fine. And I have a seniority number, so I'll be called back. But then the nights when your brain just goes you know, into overdrive and all of a sudden you feel like almost like a fear that like, oh, what's the future going to hold? And I imagine, or I definitely know a lot of people that are going through that. And I imagine just about everybody's going through that. So the thing is, is that when I was talking to the counselor and, you know, just like, I find I worry a lot and like, I got to suppress that. And, you know, the problem is, is that personally, you know, I just needed to be active and do something uh, professionally as well as personally. And when that professional thing is uh, your job or whatever is taken away, how do you talk to somebody? You know, how am I, what are you supposed to do for me? Mm-hmm. You tell me to, you know, meditate? To, Take up origami? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't, it's not a means to an end. And, and I think that in those situations, this might sound weird, but the counseling almost is serving the counselor more than the, 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 the candidate, because it's just like, as the candidate, you know, I could tell right away that I was like, "Mm, this isn't, maybe it's helping a little bit, some stuff for sleep, but it's not getting to the root of anything, which is I need a job. Right. The behavior, the behavior thing. Well, so, inside story, yeah, like yeah. when you feel those things, like time to get a new therapist because it's obviously not like vibing, but I agree. It's right. Never which is just... where I was, which is where I was going to go. Oh, and, yeah. and you know, it almost needs to be a, uh, uh, like 
different types of therapy, you know, like exercise is great therapy, talking to friends is good therapy. It doesn't necessarily, in Learning my opinion, to rest. I mean, yeah. this is something I'm really trying to work on lately is like decompressing at the end of the day. That is so important. Like, yeah. especially when you're home, you don't think, oh, I've just finished work. I'm going to go to bed now. Right. Your brain is buzzing at a different, like, in a different space and then you're just supposed to shut it off and go to bed i'm realizing like rest is important so you're right like it's all these different pieces well i saw this quote and i thought of you when i shared it on my instagram story but it says you were a whole person long before you got the title promotion new job whatever you'll still be a whole person even if and when any of that changes you are whole Mm -hmm. and i think that is so easy when you read that or hear it you're like Duh. But when it happens to you, it's a trauma to mm-hmm. lose a job that takes up so much of your time that is so woven into who we are as people. Yeah. Um, and so then you're right. Like it's not just a one size fits all solution. It's like what small changes or maybe big for some people can you implement and start to see a, a change in the way that you're feeling? Right. I mean, I think a huge change I'm seeing, and I don't know if you're seeing it too, but our kids this week are in day camp. We've just signed them up for a summer camp. Right. And so their whole day now is entirely different. And I don't know. I think like it's kind of amazing, first of all, just to see kids be tired at the end of the day, mm. like for real tired. Yeah, for real. They're changing their whole routine. They're eating lunch with different people. They're stimulating different parts of their brain. They're running around playing games. And I see such a shift in their little personalities when they come home. And that's just like watching somebody do something different and then feel a little bit better, right? Yeah, yeah. Also, side note, it's really nice to have kids in summer camp for the week. (laughs) Well, it's pretty quiet in this house. It is. It is. So, you know, I love I love talking about this kind of stuff. I love seeing how when you do make changes, if you just give it a little bit of time, right, because it's never like overnight you're going to feel the, the the changes. You're going to reap the rewards of it. Like seven weeks ago, we started changing our lifestyle a little bit in terms of just moving our bodies. And I'm feeling it big time now. Like it took seven weeks, you know, to start to feel the change, to start feeling like it wasn't such a chore to go down there and start lifting weights or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's worth it, right? It's worth it, yeah. We are whole people. We deserve to have whole life experiences anyways. Yeah. Well, thanks for being here, Dean. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we'll catch you in our next episode. Bye. Friendo Podcast is produced and hosted by me, Amanda Muse. Music on this episode is written by Chris Bevins and Mike Payne, performed and produced by MP Real Glow. If you'd like to help support the growth of Friendo Podcast, you can do so by leaving a positive review, sharing the podcast with your friends and community, and supporting the shop at hellofriendo.com. Find us on Instagram at shophellofriendo. And thank you for listening. And remember, be your own bird. Bird.